0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for September 11th, 2023. Let me just pause real quick to say that September 11th is a date that we will never forget in the United States of America. I know that Isabella and I were stationed on Fort Hood, Texas, and many of us will remember what happened on September 11th, and it's a day that that we will never forget. And so I, we just continue to lift up our service members uh, that uh, um, that are supporting us today, you know, in to support the freedoms of the United States of America. We continue to pray against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We continue to pray for a hedge of protection round about this nation. The Bible says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." And we are supposed to pray for those in authority, whether you like uh, whoever's in office or not, whether you voted for them or not, doesn't matter. As believers, we're supposed to pray for them and lift them up and pray for our president, pray for the Congress, pray for the Supreme Court, and pray for this great nation. So on September 11th, I just wanted us to take a moment to pause and reflect and remember this particular day and where you were and what happened. All right. With that said, let's go into the message for this morning. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I'm calling it Pearls from the parables. This is part 54 of this series so far, part 54, and we're only in two parables. We got a lot more parables to go. And so we studied already the parable of the sower right now, we're studying the parable of the talents. The title of today's message is, Our God is a God of Increase and Advancement. Put in the chat, my God is a God of Increase and Advancement. God wants me to increase and God wants me to advance. Open up your heart now to get ready to receive the word. Let's get into the word for this morning. Before we do, uh, I'm going to look at Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is the scripture we've been looking at all year at our church. Our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So we've been meditating on this verse and I've been reading it for you every day. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. If there's any area of your life that's dried up or dissipated in this season, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you, restore you, to revive you. Say amen to that. All right, let's look at this parable. I told you that I'm wrapping this up. Uh, maybe starting today, we're going to start to wrap up the parable of the talents so I can move on to other parables, but we've gleaned a lot so far. I got some more things to share with you in this morning about increase and advancement. Say, my God is a God of increase. Get, I want you to condition yourself for increase and advancement. With God is forward, ever, backward, never. The best is yet to come. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey. He summoned three of his trusted servants Before he left, he gave them financial management responsibilities. And to one, he gave five talents of gold to another two talents of gold to another one talent of gold. And then he left. He entrusted them with money and he left. He gave them the five and the two and the one according to their ability to manage. And as soon as he left, the one with five talents of gold doubled the money. The one with two talents of gold doubled the money. The one with one talent of gold did nothing with the money. He dug a hole and buried it in the ground. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts. After much time had passed, listen, there's going to come a day. There's been a long time since Jesus left. But one day, the master's coming back. To settle accounts, he's gonna to want to know what have you done with what I gave you. And so, to the one that was given five talents of gold, he came. and He said, "My God, look at this! I doubled your money, sir. This is what you gave me, and this is what I'm giving you back. Right here's a return on your investment." And he said, "Man, you've been." Loyal, you've been faithful. Well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Matter of fact, what I gave you is small in comparison to what I'm about to give you next because I'm a God of increase and advancement, promotion, acceleration, favor. Come on, I'm about to take you to another level. Say amen to that. The guy with two said, Hey, hey, I doubled your money too. He said, Don't worry about it. You get the same blessing because you double the money. It doesn't matter because I gave it to you according to your ability to manage. You couldn't manage five back then, you could only manage two, but now you got four. I'm about to give you more because I I'm a God of increase. I'm a God of advancement. Watch this. You've been faithful. You've been loyal into now and to the joy of the Lord. Well done, that good and faithful servant. To the one he gave one, he said, well, he said, what you do? He said, well, I know that you are a hard man. I know that you're a shrewd businessman. I know that you want to reap what you haven't sown. I know I know that, that, that you've been getting rich off of the backs of other people. So I did nothing with you. I didn't lose it, but I didn't do anything with it. I dug a hole and I buried it. Matter of fact, now that you're back here, I don't even want it. And The owner said this man was wicked. He was lazy. He was unfaithful. He said, you know what? Matter of fact, this is a principle of the kingdom. He that has more, he that has, even more is going to be given to him if he's faithful. So matter of fact, let me take the one talent from you since you didn't do anything with it. I'm going to give it to the one that has 10. To him that has, even more will be given, say increase in advancement. But to the him that has little, if he's not faithful over it, even the little he has will be taken away from him. He said, get the servant away from me, throw him out into the utter darkness that will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what does this mean for you today about increase and advancement. I have several things to share with you, three things to share with you in this morning. Now I've set up the word. I got all of that ready. Now I can start teaching. I want you to open up your heart to receive three things. You ready? Number one, here we go. God is the owner. Say God is the owner. God is the owner of everything. Our God, the Bible says, sits on the circle of the earth. Come on now. He sits on the circle of the earth. He has all things in and under control. Our God owns everything everywhere. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. There's a scripture that says, God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. I mean, why would I come to you if I was hungry? I own everything. I don't need nothing from you. I give stuff to you, not to get it from you, but to get something to you. Come on, man. I already have everything. God is the owner. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you're the owner. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you're the captain of your own ship. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you're the Lord of your own life. No, no, no. When you get born again, Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. God is the owner. He owns everything. In the parable of the talents, the money belonged to the owner. The servants Belonged to the owner. Everything belonged to the owner. Put that in the chat. Everything belongs to God. All the glory belongs to God. Everything, everywhere belongs to God. God is the owner. Everything belongs to Him. So when you are a good financial steward or a steward of everything that God has placed, under your stewardship, what you're saying is that you acknowledge and recognize that it all belongs to him and you want to be faithful over what he has entrusted unto you. Now, let me say this about financial stewardship, because I know that people get funny when you talk about money, but we have to teach about money if it's in the Bible. And this is a parable where the talents was not about singing, it was about money. And I know that many of us, many Christians want to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. Well, that that phrase well done that good and faithful servant is only found in the bible in this parable and it's only found in the bible in this parable related to money and so the only time that phrase is in the bible is related to financial stewardship so what we want to do is we want to manage whatever god blesses us blesses us to manage we want to do it in a faithful way we want to honor him in every way, acknowledging that he is the owner and we are simply the managers or the stewards of the resources. Now, if you say God is the owner, he he owns everything. That means including me. Say including me. God owns everything. All the resources belong to God. Watch this. Even my life belongs to God. I've already explained to you that we were bought with a price, right? We were redeemed, meaning that Jesus bought us. God bought us. He redeemed us with the price. And that price was the blood of his own son. So I belong to God. Everything belongs to God, including me. Say, I belong to God. Put in the chat, I belong to God. God is the owner. He owns everything, including me. So when you recognize that he's the owner, watch this. It helps you to look unto him for the original intent to look unto him for the original purpose. When somebody owns something and they give you the ability to manage it, don't you go back to them and say, hey, what do you want me to do with this? Right? I mean, it, I'm not in charge because you own it. So what do you want me to do with it? So now, now that I re- I realize, I recognize, I acknowledge that God is the owner of everything, including me, I need to go back to God and be like, hey, now that I'm born again, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> Meaning me, like I go over to the mirror and say, hey, this Rick Pena, dude, what do you want to do with Rick Pina? Let me make sure that I understand what you want to do because you're the owner. I, let me make sure that I understand that I'm not living my life for me. I'm living my life for you because you're the owner. When you realize that you are a steward and not the owner, it takes the pressure off of you. You no longer have to be the architect of your own destiny. No, no, no. I know that in the world, before you got born again, in the world, before you got born again, in the world, people that are focused on themselves teach. like like. Uh, that's why I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a motivational speakers will say, say, I, I can, you know, I cantations. No, no, no. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will tell you, I can do nothing. I can do nothing in, in me. I can do nothing in him. I can do all things. So it's not about I it's about him. So when you realize, recognize, acknowledge that God is the owner and you are not it takes the pressure off of you to be the architect of your own destiny. Now, I don't have to be the architect. Before I got born again, I was 23 years old when I got born again. So before I got born again, I was like, what do I, What am I going to do with my life? Uh, uh, how am I going to map this thing out? How am I going to plan it out? How am, how am I going to architect my future? How am I going to set myself up? But once I got born again, I realized that I'm not the owner. I can go back to God and be like, oh, my bad. I don't have to do that no more. What do you want to do with this Rick Pina guy? I give him over to you. I'm giving everything over to you. And so now, why? Because God is the owner. When you realize that he owns everything, you come to him and you ask him to tell you what he wants to do with everything that he owns, which includes you and everything that he has given you leadership and oversight and influence over. See, recognizing that God is the owner, it opens you up to a whole different perspective. Now you can start looking at life from his point of view because he's the owner. He can say, Hey son, Hey daughter, I want you to go to this place. Why? Because I'm going to give you favor with the bank. Why? Because I own everything. (laughs) I, I want you to put in this proposal. Why? But I'm not, it says I'm not qualified. It doesn't matter. Put it in anyway. Why? I'm going to give you favor with them. Why? Because I own everything. You know what I'm saying? And so, so when you go and now I'm going in the name of someone else, I'm not going in, in just my name. I'm going representing somebody else. I'm going in their name and and, and I'm going. Why? Because I represent them. And so now it just, it just I'm just a manager over whatever this owner wants me to do. And when you live your life that way, it takes the pressure off of you. I remember when I was in Korea and I worked for a four-star general. And I was very careful not to, like, you know, some people say, where my bosses rank? I was super careful not to walk around as if, because I worked directly for a four-star, I didn't want to walk around as if I was him, because I was not. But, but because I was real humble about it, and because I always went and, and people understood who I was and who I worked for, then when I showed up in the room, I could walk into a two or three-star general's room. And they would stop the meeting and look at me. Oh, if Chief is here, obviously the boss wants something. So they would stop the general war walk out. What's going on, Chief? And and they would wanna know, like, hey, wh- what's going on? Why? Because they knew that I wasn't representing me. Come on now. When you realize that God is the owner, you're not re- you're not just representing you. You're representing Him. So you, He will send you into rooms where He has something going on. He will send you into opportunities where He wants something done. And so it's not about you anymore. You're just the manager. He's the owner. And so when you recognize, realize, acknowledge that that you, that He already made plans, you don't have to architect everything anymore. You don't have to make everything happen anymore. You're not pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're just living the life that He destined for you to live from the foundations of the world. You don't have to come up with the plans because you realize that he made plans before you were born. You don't have to come up with the money because you realize he owns everything. And so, so he can orchestrate it. He has millions of ways to get you millions of resources. And so now you're looking to the owner. Hey, daddy, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with things? Say, put in the chat, say, God is the owner. When you realize that God is the owner, And that you're just merely a steward, an instrument, a vehicle, a channel of all of this, then you're not limited in any way because he's not limited in any way. So this is how you live the grace life. I'm living the grace life because I'm not taking on the pressure to perform. I know that I've been bought with a price. I know that my life is not my own. I know that I'm living my life for Him. I know that I'm going unto Him who is the Author and the Finisher, the Creator and the Sustainer of my life. And so He just tells me to do, and so He tells me He tells me where to go. He tells me what to do when I get there. My life is not about me. I, I'm taking on no pressure to perform. I'm not trying to make myself successful. I know that if I just listen to him, success. Matter of fact, when I listen to him, I am success going somewhere to succeed. Put that in the chat. I am success going somewhere to succeed. Why? Because God is the owner of everything. Say amen to have. You got it? Whew, God is the owner. Number two, our God who is the owner is a God of increase and advancement. Put in the chat, increase and advancement. The steward who was called wicked and lazy in the text, he held on to the money that he was given. Think about this for a minute. He didn't lose it. He maintained it. He held on to it. He was still called wicked and lazy. Why? Because our God, the owner, is a God of increase and advancement. In the parable of the talents, God calls faithfulness increase. Put in the chat. Uh, uh, God calls increase faithfulness. I'm sorry. God calls increase faithfulness. And so so you got to think about it from this perspective. When you increase something, God calls that faithfulness. God entrusted money to three people, and he was looking for a return on his investment. And the ones that increased it, he called them faithful. The one that did nothing with it, now he didn't lose it. Brother Pena, he didn't lose it. Brother Pena, he brought it back. He held on to it. He, he didn't lose it. He was called wicked and he was called lazy. Why? Because the Lord wants you to expand what he puts in your hands so that he can expand his kingdom on this planet. Our God is a God of increase and advancement. He's looking for increase and advancement on this planet. He calls increase faithfulness. He calls holding on to something, even though you don't lose it, he calls that wicked. So so let's let's be clear. Our God, I'm not talking about increase for selfish gain. I'm talking about increase for the advancement of God's kingdom plans and purposes on this planet. So you got to seek God concerning what he wants to do with the resources that he has placed in your hands. Why? Because he's the owner. And knowing that he's a God of increase, he's a God of advancement. And once you realize that, you can then embrace the grace to walk in increase and advancement that will go far beyond your natural abilities. So I'm not talking about human power, human ability, human strength. I'm talking about the grace of God that will cause you to experience favor. Now, I believe that we are wired for increase. We have put this in the chat. I have an instinct for increase. I have an instinct for increase. When I'm walking with God, God is walking with me. I'm wired for increase because with God is, is forward ever, backward ever, the best is yet to come. And because God is that God is naturally progressing, God is naturally advancing. God is a God of progression and not a God of regression. So I'm wired for increase. God has wired us for growth and expansion. And our job is to tap into that grace. I'm going to give you a personal testimony. I thought about this this morning as I was meditating on uh, this point this morning. Actually, when I got up out of the bed, I was meditating on this point. And before I even left uh, to go go downstairs to make a cup of coffee, when I was still in the bathroom, I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. God started to speak to me. And so um, I went downstairs to make a cup of coffee. I pulled out my phone and I opened up an app where I could just talk into the app and it would capture it. And this is the testimony that I captured while I was waiting for my cup of coffee. It's a personal testimony about increase and advancement. This is what I said. Our God is a God of progress and increase. He's not content with us being stagnant or failing to make progress. I will make a connection between my military career and the parable of the talents. I joined the army when I was 17. I had no college uh, education. I was not an ROTC. So I started out as an E1, like the lowest of the lowest enlisted ranks. I was started out as an E1. By the time I got to, to my first unit in Germany, I was an E2. And my section sergeant at the time, I'm not going to mention his name, he was an E-6. He was a staff sergeant, United States Army. And he was not happy with my ambition. He, he just didn't like the fact that I wanted to get promoted, and I wanted to get promoted quickly. And although I was an E-2, I was already taking college courses. I was taking correspondence courses. Although I was, I was an E-2, I went to this uh, to the Ed Center that was right by 1st Signal Battalion on Kleber Concern in Kaiserslautern, Germany. And I talked to this retired sergeant major and I said, hey, I'm an E2. What do I need to do to make E5? And he was like, wow, very few privates come in here and ask that question. He said, okay, well, sign up for correspondence courses, sign up for college. I did that. He told me that, you know, I was asking about points. What did I need to do? He talked about marksmanship. He talked about PT. He walked me through the whole thing. I was an E2. I was already thinking about making E5. I was an E2. I, already, I was already thinking about making E6. I had that mentality. And my staff sergeant did not like that mentality at all. He didn't like it. And so he, why? Because he joined the army during the Vietnam era. And at that time, he he had, there was a program called Skills for Stripes. And, and from what I understand, he joined the army as an E-5. At the time, it was called a spec five or specialist five. He joined the army as an E-5 and he wound up retiring as an E-6 staff sergeant. That means that in 20 years, he had a 20 year military career. And in 20 years, he got promoted one time. He got promoted one time, and he was okay with that. Man, I was not okay with that. I was—I'm not wired like that. I'm I, with me as forward ever, backward never. The the best is yet to come. I'll go anywhere but backwards, and I'm not staying stagnant. I'm just not wired that way. And so I—I I, I was not okay with that. And he didn't like that at all. He didn't like my mentality. He was not—he con- was not happy with me wanting to get promoted and getting wanting to get promoted fast. Now I went from E1 to E6, the rank that he was. I went from E1 to E6. In less than five years i was a staff sergeant at 22. now this guy got promoted one time in 20 years and so i got you know in less than five years i made it to the rank that he was he wound up retiring as a staff sergeant because once he got the staff sergeant he was okay he was okay with it because that was the minimum rank that you needed to get uh, to be retirement eligible was a staff sergeant so once he made staff sergeant he was like i can retire at this rank and he probably made staff sergeant within the first five years so he probably spent 15 years as a staff sergeant, and he was okay with spending 15 years of his career stagnant. Like the lazy steward, he was okay with holding on to what he had without making any progress. He was okay with that. Not me. I had like a visceral reaction. Every time I thought about this staff sergeant and being like stuck at that rank for, for, in my mind, forever. I'm 17 years old at the time, so I'm like, my God, 18 I'm like, man, there's no way. Like, I, I could never do that, right? And so, anyway, I, I didn't. I went from E1 to E6 in less than five years. I was a staff sergeant at 22, and by the time I was 24 years old, I, I was already a warrant officer. I was a warrant officer one. Now, let me fast forward. Now I'm a warrant officer, and I'm a warrant officer one. And I'm I'm most of the people that were a warrant officer. At that time i went to um fort rucker warrant officer school in 1996. in 1996 most of the warrant officers that were going through the program had been in the army 12 13 14 years and so most of the people at that time they were like staff sergeant or sergeant first class and they had been in the army you know 12 13 14 years and so by the time they become a warrant officer they're already in the army 12 13 14 years it takes two years to become a CW-2. So by the time they make CW-2, they're already in the Army 14, 15, 16 years or so. So by the time it comes time for them to make CW-3, then if they don't make CW-3, it doesn't matter for them because they're like, they're retirement eligible and they can retire. They can retire as a CW-2. So during this time, I made CW-2 at the eight-year mark. Most of my peers were making it at the 14 or 15-year mark. I made it at the eight-year mark. So I was a CW-2 at eight years. I was 26 years old. I'm at a meeting at Fort Gordon. I, I remember it like it was today. I'm at this meeting, and there's a bunch of uh, older warrant officers. I'm not going to just say old. I would say older warrant officers there. And they're having a conversation about how I, I represented the new warrant officer and that kind of thing. And as a new warrant officer, like these younger warrant officers, hey, we got a problem, Pina. I said, what is that? You, like all of us, if we didn't make CW-3, we could retire but you have to make CW-3. If you don't make CW-3, you're gonna get kicked out of the army because as an officer, you gotta move up or out. And so if you don't make CW-3, you're gonna get kicked out of the army. So we're talking to the department of the army to help people like you. And so where we're gonna help, we're asking them to put in a clause to where if you don't make CW-3, you could still stay in the army and then just ride it on out until you retire. I said, what? I said, so I'm gonna be eligible for CW3 at around the 12 or 13 year mark. So if I don't make CW3 after two looks, you're telling me that you want the army to keep me around for another five or six years at the same rank, knowing that I didn't get promoted and just keep me around just so I could get retired? And they said, yeah. I said, you must be crazy. I said, if I can't make CW3, I need to get kicked out the army. they was like, I, I, they, they thought I was young. They thought I was arrogant. I probably was, was arrogant. But I was like, no, there's no way. I like, I, I can't understand that. Listen, I can't just stay at the same rate. If I'm not going to get promoted, I need to get kicked out. Like a, at the end of the day, that's that's how it is. And Haggai 2 and 9 says, though your beginning be small, yet shall your latter end greatly increase. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, your ladder shall be greater than your former. You got to increase with God is forward ever, backward, never the best is yet to come. Listen, the guy with the with the talent, he didn't lose it. He held on to it. God is not okay with you just holding on to it. God is not okay with you just being stagnant. Put in the chat, I will not be stagnant. I I refuse to be stagnant. Number three, last point for today. I know this is going a little long, so let me just close this out. If you're a good steward, God will give you more. Put in the chat, because I'm a good steward, God is going to give me more. Matter of fact, I'm going to pause right here because I haven't sent out the email. I can focus on this one tomorrow. And so I'm going to just leave it right here. Tomorrow, I'm going to start with, if you are a good steward, God will give you more. But for today, let me just labor right here on this stagnation. You can't be okay with being stagnant. You can't be okay with just being stuck where you are. Oh, but Brother Pina, I didn't lose it. I still have it. Yeah, but that man was called wicked. He was called wicked and he was called lazy because our God is a God of increase and advancement. Say amen to that. Say, I open my heart to increase and advancement. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Man, God gave me so much today, Jesus. I I have a lot to share with you tomorrow. I'm gonna wrap, I'm I'm gonna circle back on this one tomorrow. So let's close this out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life about increase and advancement. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare that you are the owner of all things, including me. (laughs) I am merely a steward of the resources and the opportunities that you have entrusted unto me. I understand that being a good financial steward is a reflection of my understanding of your ownership. So I aim to manage well everything you bless me with. I make my life all about you and your plans and purposes. I find liberation and empowerment in knowing that my life is not my own. I embrace life from your point of view. I open up myself to your favor. I walk in your grace. I know that you are a God of increase and advancement. So Father, I boldly declare that my latter shall be greater than my former. With you, it's forward ever Backward never, the best is yet to come. So I open up my heart to receive, and living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my my notes, why would you not get my notes. You're going to get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I have so much. I, I be, I'm i trying to close this parable, but God just keeps giving me more. So we're, we're going to deal with increase and advancement tomorrow again. Say God, my God is a God of increase and advancement. So go out there today now, ready to increase, ready to expand his kingdom for his glory. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us and what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to RIPministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible